0: Welcome to conversation with a cancer. This is season two, episode three, and once again, I come with a very special guest. This is someone I think I could I could say we basically known each other basically our whole life, something like that. Majority mm-hmm. of our of life, a, a lot of it, yeah. Like we used to play basketball in your front yard, me, and you, and my cousin Phil. So I would like to introduce someone who is a, a very interesting, intelligent black man someone who's out here doing good in the world i mean like he's really doing good in the world but we get into all of that gino say what up to the people
1: what up what up how's everybody doing man i hope y'all feeling good today
0: right 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 yeah tonight because this is evening so how are you doing
1: i'm good brother like i'm good i don't really got any worries i'm in the south i ain't worried about Mm. no
0: snow (laughs) i don't got no complaints brother Man, listen, we about to, they said we might get 20 inches by Friday. That just hurts my feelings. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I know you miss it a little bit. You don't miss white winters? Nah, I can't
1: say. I can't, say. you know, you know, my biggest memory of winter is, is walking in the snow and my pants being wet up to my kneecaps. That's like, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about snow. <laughs> mm. Like I was outside in the t-shirt today. Damn.
0: <laughs> it was like sixty four. Um, i mean it was like a a 40 degree day but you still saw all that <laughs> snow so you couldn't just do nothing nice with it but right you can move around a little freely so i mean you in the south i'm still up here in the midwest and we are in a pandemic it don't seem to be going nowhere no time soon so how have you and your family been doing with this pandemic
1: um I, I can't say we've been doing bad. It's definitely I've learned a lot of things about myself during the pandemic. Um, one, first and foremost, didn't have enough pajama pants. That was like <laughs> 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 I got about 20 30 pair now but when you're in the house all day every day, you need mm-hmm. loungewear right. You need loungewear. but um as far as like on a more serious note, like we' we've, we've all been pretty we've all been pretty safe, man. The the boy's mom, she she's a nurse. She had uh she had caught the COVID for a quick second, but she bounced back. So mm. everybody's good.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, COVID, COVID hits people differently. So I mean, like as a as a nurse, I'm pretty sure she thought she was being as safe as possible and she got it. So I know that probably just drove her crazy, just trying to stay out the way yeah. and still got it. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. So let's talk a little bit about the beginning. Like I said, we've known each other since we were really young kids, you know, playing sports and things of that nature. But at some point in life, you made the decision to go into the service. And I always think of the service as two-way, a choice or an option. Did you feel like that wasn't for you? Like it was your choice or that was your only option? Um that's a
1: really that's a really good question like you're really good at this a little i gotta, gotta have up my have brought my notes <laughs> but uh to answer your question uh obviously it was a choice it wasn't like some go do this or go to jail i wasn't in trouble or nothing like that but as right. far as my internal internal feeling i knew number one uh i didn't want to go to college and that's kind of I guess I would. I owe that to my my cousin that's two years older than me because he's two years older than me. So he was in college before me, and we used to go visit him, and we had a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie, we had a lot of fun. But I was also cognizant enough to look around and see that everybody around that's having fun is broke. Like Mm. bro just scrounged up change out his change cup to go to McDonald's. Mm. I don't want to be no broke college student. So I knew I didn't want to do that, but I knew I had to do something which is how I landed in the service. It was like a, a way for me to instantly be on my own
0: and somewhat successful. I don't think of it like that. I never thought of it like a, a way to be on your own because you are on your own. You don't have none of your family around you. They got you somewhere. You probably never been in the world and you training all the time and. Yep. But I definitely was broke in college. My homies was definitely broke in college. The girls that I was chasing <laughs> was broke in college. So with that was, that's a true statement. Like, it's very few people who come in to college with money to move around the way they want to move around. So you are absolutely correct. So how long have you been in the service to this day?
1: Um, 18 years, six months. Wow. 18 years, six months.
0: Wow, wow, wow. Yep. So you another are- Another six months. Another Go six months? No, what you about to say? In another six months?
1: Yeah, in another six months, I can actually submit my retirement packet. I'm actually about to retire in 18 months.
0: Man, that's beautiful to hear. That was, that was what I was getting ready to ask. Because yeah, I, man. I know some a couple other people, or some people like, no, I do my four years, I'm out, maybe I do eight. You and one other person is the only per- people I know that stayed in it till you can retire. And look, I never, well, I'm not going to say never, but initially, you know, that
1: first four or five year enlistment, I, I wasn't the one to say I'm gonna do this forever. Mm-hmm. I got to about year twelve, and I was like, I wanted to get out. Honestly, like I was, like I, I was, I joined the army to figure out what I wanted to do as an adult, and it took me twelve years to figure that out. But by the time I figured that out, I was past the halfway point. <laughs> It took a lot of people to convince me like uh, you almost to the finish line where you're going to get a check for the rest of your life, like crunch these numbers before you make a decision. And it took a lot of convincing. So I stayed Uh, like I was that was year 12. I'm obviously at 18 now. So I obviously stayed and uh, it was tough when you mentally check out, but it was a good decision.
0: Mm. So do you do you have you ever thought about what you would have been doing if you'd have left after that year 12?
1: So honestly, um, at year twelve, I wanted to I wanted to go do something I enjoy. Like I I think I, in my mind, I was going to go into like education and either be a guidance counselor. Hmm. The goal was to be in the school system and to coach kids Hmm. basketball. That was the goal. Like after twelve years of service, VA is going to owe me some kind of check because the army beat my body up. Um, I was going to take that check. I was going to do a troops to teachers program where they basically they want people with military experience to be teachers because we're like, they see us as well rounded individuals that can relate to students from all walks of of life. And I was going to do that program and go into education and volunteer and coach middle school, high school basketball or something.
0: That's what I was going to do. Mm. hey man we love ball like <laughs> like that's something that's very common in us we i was hoping this
1: ball. i was super this morning it was ho- and oh. i and i ain't gonna forget when i was 11 you dunked on me on the eight foot goal <laughs> i
0: don't remember that but i probably did <laughs> i don't remember that i about to ask was phil there more than likely you know he was there yeah it was there i don't remember that at all
1: because you 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 know I always was a small kid. I'm like, man, right. rob a bully, man. <laughs> right. You definitely
0: you feel always smaller than me. Yeah, man. Like I haven't <laughs> I haven't hooped in a long time. I shot a couple of weeks ago and it felt good to just shoot a basketball, but I can't imagine yeah, being yeah. in no no game right now where I'm running up down the court with somebody. But
1: yeah, I'm in I'm in pretty decent shape, man. I like I'm at this, I'm in this weird stage in my little hoop career where like if I hope with people 25 and under, like I look like the old head that's just slow.
0: <laughs> if I hope with
1: people my my age, I look like a young cat. like, how old are you like I'm your age? I'm just in right. good shape.
0: Right, right, Because you said you do a lot of cardio, you still in, you know you still train, you still have to train people, correct?
1: Uh, kind of me personally, like, yes, we're still supposed to train, but the army beat me up, man. They don't require me to do a whole lot when it comes to qu- cardio anymore like my knees bad my ankles bad um i really just uh, i stay in the gym hooping just to keep the weight off for real when you start sitting still the weight Uh, start coming on
0: and that's a real thing for us that's a real thing when you get of age and you're not doing anything active and you already like eating and you're eating your favorite foods it's going to compound on you really fast so
1: I don't really be in there for the like. I, of course, I compete, I want to win, but I'll really be checking my watch, looking at my step count. Like, okay, I'm at 10k. Hey. <laughs> I can <cannot> lace now. <laughs> hey, when I get
0: to 10,000 steps, I'm like, man, I had a wonderful day because I'd have been moving. They don't know about the miles. Look, I'm get. at 16k right now. Ooh. 16k right now. I had a slow day, man. I sat at my desk all day, so I only got 1700, but usually I have about eight or nine or 10,000 steps. So I had a really bad day but it is what it is. I'll make it up in the gym tomorrow. So let's talk about some other things because when you're in the service and you you see places, now I know a couple of places mm-hmm. you've been like Bangkok and things of that nature. Or was it? It was Bangkok, right? You was in Bangkok before, right?
1: I was going to let it ride, but no, I ain't never been there. I, I did South Korea three South times. South Korea.
0: Okay. My bad. My bad. I don't know why I equated that to Bangkok. I don't know why, but okay. So <laughs> you was in South Korea three times. So like, out of yeah. all the places you've seen and the things that you probably have seen like do you have favors or do you have things like man this is just not a place i ever want to be again
1: um that's a good question too boy you really be on it I know. um I've, of course i've been i've been to combat right and that's right. not somewhere that i want to be again like i don't want to be i don't want to be in Iraq again. Um, but I feel like me as an individual, I'm a collection. Like, my personality is a collection of all my experiences and places I've been. Like, there's things and there's isms and stuff in Korea. Like, for example, we wearing masks now because of COVID. When I was in Korea in 2004, they wore masks everywhere because it's densely populated and people don't want to get sick. In 2004, Koreans get on the train with, uh, with the little masks like we wear now. Really? So there was just Mm-hmm,
0: yep. <laughs> I, I would, I, I don't think I would have been able to comprehend that in 2004. Like, I understand you saying you don't wanna get sick, but like, what's going on in the air to I make mean, you as sick? A, like,
1: yeah, they got times where, uh, dang, I forget what they call it, but they, they got times where the air quality is bad and they tell us like, you know, don't exercise heavy outside today, the, the air quality is bad. So they wear masks mm-hmm. for that reason. And then a lot of places are densely populated. So when you're getting when you got thousands of people getting on and off the train, and you know some people probably getting on sick, you don't want to take that home and get sick either. So they
0: wear masks and stuff everywhere. So
1: I thought it was weird then. I'm like, they crazy over here. Right. And now it's 2022, and we crazy over here.
0: (laughs) And they're looking at us like if y'all just would have followed our lead, you know. So that's wild. That's wild. That's wild. So So
1: I like that experience. I've been all over the South.
0: I like those experiences.
1: Um, I guess to fully answer your question, combat is where I don't want to go anymore. Everywhere else, everywhere else I enjoyed the experience. Some places I like better than others, but combat Iraq, Kuwait.
0: I'd never forget when you when you were doing music back back in the day, and that was one of the things you mentioned about being in the sand all the time. And I was like, whoo, I I I don't want to go to the beach because of the sand. So I couldn't imagine being somewhere stationed and defending something in the sand. Like I can't like I can't even fathom and eating those. What do they call? Oh, my goodness. M.R.T. M.R.E.'s. M.R.E.'s MREs.
1: MREs. Mm -mm. meal ready to eat. So quick two minute story. Right. Because you brought up the sand. So they have sandstorms when you're in the desert and it's Mm -hmm. literally just wind blowing hard as fuck with sand in the wind. Like, if you don't wear glasses or something, your eyes are going to get cut up from all the sand particles. Mm-hmm. So we finished the mission. Uh, we hungry, ready to eat. Sandstone comes, blows all in our food. <laughs> so now we eat food with sand in it because we just that hungry. Like, I'm not about to throw it away because I don't know when I'm going to get another, another meal. Wow. Now we just eating sandy food. What, Terrible. What,
0: Okay, so you know I gotta ask, do you remember what the meal was you were having?
1: I don't even remember, but I know (laughs) it was gritty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't even imagine just looking at my food like I gotta eat it and it's got all this sand on it. Right, like wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So okay, so I imagine as you're going to these different places, seeing these different things, you start seeing a lot of different type of fashion than we saw over here. You start seeing a lot of different Mm -hmm. cultures and how they dress and how they move. Uh, At some point in your mind, I'm pretty sure you was like, Hey, I like that. I like what that person's wearing. I like how that person's wearing that. Like, do you think that might've been the, I don't want to say the beginning, but the brainstorm to where you at now in your fashion sense.
1: Mm. I think the places I've been has something to do with it. I wish I was prepared for that question because I don't want to walk away, but there's actually things that I've done because I've seen uh, like in Korea specifically. So in Korea, workers wear these uh, these vests. They're like netted, like fishing looking vests. They got a bunch of pockets and stuff, right. but all the taxi cab, cab drivers wear them. Uh, construction workers wear them. Uh, anybody who's in like any kind of service to the people, they wear them. And I started wearing them. Mind you, these vests aren't like, it ain't like something super expensive. I think they're like three or four thousand won, which is just like three or four dollars. So I got a bunch of them, started wearing them. Mm. People see me wearing them. Now they want them too. Where you get that from? Like, man, this is just the vest the taxi cab drivers wear. And then I took it to another level years later and I started putting patches on them. So that's an ode to like things that i've seen in little pieces of fashion but i really feel i really feel it started like even as a teenager as a kid um i was more more artsy more into like mixed media art painting drawing etc and then later on i was into like all the latest fashions platinum fubu and all that crazy stuff all right (laughs) and then And then then I joined the Army, and I spent a lot of time in the South. Like, my very first assignment of length was uh, Huntsville, Alabama. So I'm a kid from the Midwest in Huntsville, Alabama, dressing like I'm from Columbus, Ohio, Mm in Huntsville, Alabama, because they dress way different. And everybody's like, where are you from? Because you on something else. You got (laughs) kims and shorts. (laughs) But uh, I embraced that. I like that. I like I like that feeling like I'm not like y'all. And then mm-hmm. I just kept that going. Where like just from that point on, I always wanted something like I wanted to do something like everybody can't get. I want to do something that only I can do. If I gotta customize it, if I just gotta get it from a special place. That's what that's what I started getting into that. And then so from that point to the first career where I told you I started doing a taxi cab vest. And then Korea is also a place where they got a lot of tailors and seamstress. And like, if you can think it, Koreans can make it. So I started coming up with my little sketchbook and designs and start having to make me jackets and different stuff. Jerseys, custom jerseys. To where I rock a jersey, be like that, somebody like that's hard. Like, yeah, but i might not going to give you this pattern because I told her don't make it for nobody else. You right. got to come up there with me. Right, <laughs> right.
0: So, so, So it sounds like, you were influenced, and you started seeing things you like and incorporating in your own. So that leads me to my next question: When did your when did fashion become your hobby? Because at some point, you like you said you started sketching. So when did you like make it? Well, not a definitive day, but like you knew, like, hey, I am going to be making clothes for me to wear, not so much to sell, but just so I can be flying the things that I like that would probably be the that would the
1: start would probably be the first career tour 2004 Mm. 2005 where i actually had access to somebody who could make the things i think in my mind come to life um i had a lot of custom jackets made i had custom jerseys made and it was all about it was career was very much about uh when you go out just having something original being original but I took it a step further to where like, so everybody in the army and service is from different places, right? Koreans had this one little set pattern where they would make a, they would make you a coat, excuse me, and like you from Texas. So you will get the outline of Texas on the back, Texas boy, with your mm-hmm. area code. Okay. And then somebody be see that, be like, Well, I'm from North Carolina. So I want North Carolina on the back with my area code. And I seen that and I was like, I'm not gonna do none of that. I'm gonna put a big buckeye leaf on the front and just leave it like that. And they're like, damn, that jacket is flat. Where you buy that? Like, I just had to made it. Like, y'all just didn't have the creativity to think outside the box.
0: They just wanted what everybody else had. Right.
1: And I forget that Korean lady's name. I want to say it was Miss Kim, I'm not. I believe it was Miss Kim, but she used to get so frustrated when she seen me come in because she knew I was coming in to do something that <laughs> she has not done before.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but I probably made her she 10 times better. Patterns. Yeah. Pro- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how can I ask this? Do you think that uh the stuff that you made she still got? You think like she knows those those patterns somewhere? Like she got them. Wr- written down somewhere maybe i know so i know for certain she has one because
1: i told you i did that i did korea three times so oh four oh five and then i went back 12 13 and i was walking i was walking the ville they call it the ville the, the, the ville is short for village but it's really not a village it's, it's more like a outdoor shopping plaza gotcha so i'm walking the ville and i had a jacket on and I see her in the store so I went in the store and I'm like do you remember years ago you made me this jacket and she's like oh I do remember and she pulled the pattern out like oh, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: she probably just sold that pattern to so many people man so you know what I'm saying right so have you ever put any clothes together yourself or you like have you just sat at a sewing machine I should say
1: yeah yeah um Super terrible at it. Just putting that out there. (laughs) Super terrible at going from material to fully, you know, pants, shirt, whatever. Probably because I haven't practiced enough uh, and I haven't taken enough time. So I, I got more into customizing to where I take something already made and I'm good enough to where I can cut the seams out and add some stuff and do different stuff. I'm good enough on the sewing machine where I can do that. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell anybody anything I went from material to now you got a bubble coat
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so <clears throat> you have a brand I own some of your uh, a hoodie of your brand I don't own enough stuff but We, you know that's the conversation for off air but <clears throat> you, I like your stuff and I remember when I first saw your website I was more in shock and amazement that you have so much stuff. And I remember you told me, you said, whenever I drop, I usually sell out. So I'm just thinking like, okay, you just tell me that because you want me to buy something today. So I remember your first, like your next drop was coming up and I went on your site and I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna get this one. So I put my phone down. I never told you this, I put my phone down and I went to get something in another room and I came back to sit down to buy it and it was gone. Like it was gone. That's how I got the hoodie that I have because I had to ask you because I was like, oh, he wasn't playing. Like, dog, it was literally within a 15 minute span. And you know, you drop yours, uh, if I recall, it's like at midnight or something like that, right? Or
1: Yeah, I was, dropping, I was dropping at midnight just for the people who was like real supporters. They'd stay up and they had a best chance versus people who were just
0: casually going to pick something up. Right. And so I was casual. And my casual ass missed out on something. So I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is real. Like, he's got a following. He's got nice designs. Like, and you had hoodies, shirts, shorts. I don't think you had the joggers at the time. Maybe you had, I'm not sure. No. You didn't have them at the time. So I don't think I had them at the time. So I was like, wow. And then you have various and, and variety of designs. So like, in my mind, this is not somebody who's, like something this somebody who has a brand that he's building so explain to the people what what epic is like how did you come up with the name like what does the name mean to you and like what is your goals with this brand okay so for starters the name epic
1: uh the meaning is the webster definition you know uh, unremarkable legendary amazing that's the webster definition so um that's what I'm trying to encompass with my brand. Um the spelling, uh E P I K K. My first name, Eugene E. Mm-hmm. Pi, like math 3.14, but we're just gonna go ahead and call that three. And then uh KK, my two sons names, K O, Cohen. There's three of us. E, K K, Pi, three, epic. Um I I think this is the first time I've actually explained that. This is like some exclusive content. Because I normally just tell people, you know, it's just a stylized spelling of the the Webster word, epic. Um, But what I'm trying to accomplish with the brand, right? I told you when when I first got started that I was really into like custom pieces. Like I don't want to have, I don't want to pick up a shirt and see uh, 200 people with the same shirt. So the goal is to give people like one of one unique designs but in the market that competes with the designs that are like hundreds like you buy I don't want to say a specific company or name but you go to any retail store they got 200 of these shirts all sizes I want the price point to compete with that same shirt but be unique one of one
0: oh wow okay okay so, first so normally of all-
1: when, when I was going to say, when you're talking about custom market, right, you're talking uh-huh. about celebrities spending thousands of dollars to get this one thing for them. Like, I'm trying to bring that same type of uniqueness to the regular consumer market.
0: Well, first of all, that's dope. Like, I, I don't even think I've ever thought of anything like that. I'm going to make a one-on-one, but it's going to compete, but it's going to be almost on an everyday level of things that you can just go into a store and buy. I would have never thought of that. Like that's actually, that's actually kind of genius. Like, I kind of wish I didn't have you say that out loud. Like that's, that's, that's really smart. Cause you know, some people steal shit every day, but that's really kind of like on a genius, because if you think about it, now what you're doing, cause I'm pretty sure other people do it, but now what you're doing is you're making your stuff really exclusive. And when you're really exclusive, right. sometimes people don't even want you to drop it. Like, Hey, I'm going to buy it from you. You don't even have to put it out. And then you have that market of people who's talking about word of mouth of your of your of your brand. So that's dope. And the spelling like, yeah, you never t- you never told me that's why I spell epic. Like, that's really dope, man. I never known, Um, I thought it always has something to do with your with your son. But I I didn't know for sure. But that's actually pretty dope.
1: Yeah, man, um, that, I, I've kind of I've created this weird space right where. It's kind of difficult for me to develop following, right? Because considering everything is unique, nobody wants to share anything until after they get what they was looking for, and then oh. it's like, okay, well now I'll share. It. <laughs> so it, it's kind of difficult. I'm in in a space where it's difficult to kind of expand the following, but I feel like once it, once it catches fire, like I, I just, I obviously I'm following through with it. I felt like it's a dope concept to give people. You know, one of a kind designs of that compete with the regular consumer market. Right. Because like, but so hopefully, you know, we do big things.
0: Listen, Epic. man, I, I already, I already think you big, like in my mind, because I've been on a lot of people's websites where they make things or they're selling things. They ain't have half of the variety you have. They didn't have half of the idea you had to match that up with your shoe or match that up with a hat. Like you are thinking of. I don't want you to buy something to worry about what you should wear it with. Let me show you what I think it looks best with. And if you have something similar, you just pair it just like that. Like you have, I think you so far ahead. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of how to make clothes and sell them. But I do not hold an idea of like, what's important to people when they look in that fashion, because you're basically giving people a mannequin on your website without it being on a mannequin. Because if you think about it, going to a store, right. you'll see a mannequin with a shirt on and a hat and a person be like, all right, I want that. You know what I'm saying? But you're not telling the person to match it to what you have. I mean, where exactly what you're showing them, but you don't like this yellow with this brown, this orange with this green. You know what I'm saying? Switch your shoelaces up. Like, so I already think like you on your way. Like, I think you just one TV appearance away. Like, I think you... Well, hopefully,
1: hopefully. Because like I said, like... And hopefully after I retire... Go ahead,
0: go ahead. I was going to say like, once people... uh, watch the video of this they'll they'll see man and like even still like i just feel like sometimes people don't under you know how we are when we come to buying black let's just put it like that like there's been some some good and some bad i don't have some bad experience and you and one other black clothing company is the only black clothing companies that i buy from so it's really hard to find a black clothing company you can trust that will deliver has quality customer service so you know how that be
1: yeah, and in the small business market, man, uh, I I really hold true to you know customer service and making sure making sure people get their product. Like that's the biggest. Like um, I I got a couple friends. I'm yeah, they're friends. I got a couple friends and a couple colleagues who they do business a little differently than me because they don't want to front the money to make the make the initial investment. And do what we call drop shipping. So they don't actually have the product on hand. They own the product, but it gets shipped from somewhere else, either overseas or what have you. But when you do that process, the customer pays their money and they don't see their product for like two, three weeks. I took personal ownership of my product to where I actually front the money and I get all of my product. I have it here in my house. So when somebody orders online, I go put it in the mail and they get their product in like two days
0: i am the one who hates overseas shipping and i hate it for the reason that you just explained because you have to wait and also i can understand if you're a large company like like nike or something like that Tommy I mean, he'll figure stuff that's not traditionally made in america but it's you know it'll get shipped to america so they can ship it out to you faster like right. i just never understand i understand the cost of the, the material and it can be made cheaper over there and save your money, but I'm not a fan of overseas shipping. Like, back in the eBay days, I used to buy stuff off of there and it's to come from China. Uh, I order it in March and get here in April. I hated that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a a fan either. I understand like, because I'm in this space and in this market, I understand as a small business owner, uh, you don't want to take a loss, but, I mean, without risk, there's no reward. So, drop shipping, shipping from overseas is a way you don't take a loss. You wait till the customer buys it, you know you got your money, and then they ship it from overseas to them. Is that shit is going to take forever. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, can't, I don't like that. I so, um, did.
1: And the way the way I conduct I've taken losses. Like There's been designs that I put out that it just didn't hit as well as I thought it was going to hit. And for some reason, maybe you can explain this to me while I'm here on the podcast. When I drop hoodies, sweatshirts, sell like hot cakes but people do not like buying t-shirts like what is like i know you need them it gets hot outside
0: <laughs> so here here's my philosophy on t-shirts <laughs> i'm a t-shirt junkie like in my room i have one two three four five six i have a, a black plastic six shelf that stands against the wall nothing but t-shirts well a bottom shelf is socks but five shelves of t-shirts because I go to the gym, and like I said, when I come home from the gym, I got to shower, so I got to throw something on it quick just because I got to go out, and I'm a big hoodie wearer. I'm a right. jacket wear. I'm a hoodie wearer, I'm a button-up wearer, so you need a shirt under it, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's my shirts can't, my t-shirts can't be expensive. Like, I can't spend $20 on one t-shirt when I can get a pack for like four, for like 16 or something like that, but however, my favorite clothing brand is LRG. If I want a quality LRG shirt, I'm going to be spending $16 to $20 on one shirt. So I'm, I'm, I'm running towards it because that's where it's going. So for me, right. I'm going to spend something on a T-shirt, I think it just has to be one I really like, one that I can instantly put on. Like, And since I work out six days a week, I always want T-shirts that fit me tightly too. So now I'm real con- uh, conscious of the shirts that I buy. So that's just me personally, but I'm big T-shirt wearer. I never not wear t-shirts. Yeah, I love t-shirts. Give me a t-shirt every day. Like hoodie season is always real good.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I'm not gonna try it, but I feel like I, I could put out some BS in the hoodie season, and it's gonna disappear. I'm not gonna try it, but I just feel like, like man. But when summertime come around, t-shirts just don't don't sell the same. I'm like man, I haven't figured this out. I need to figure this equation out.
0: You, you might have to do it like big chains do it like they do they they do their t-shirt sale in like uh december and january because now people buying them in bulk so when the spring to summer come around they got all their t-shirts they want you know I,
1: that's a you, good idea yeah. you
0: know they people who yeah. wait till may june july people most people got their t shirts. so now they're looking for tank tops you know let me go ahead and buy this tank top you know tank tops you can get them real cheap nowadays so i don't know that's just a, <laughs> yeah, that's a good
1: idea yeah <laughs> I typically shop off season because I, if I'm shopping, one, I don't need to shop because I got a lot of stuff, but I typically shop off season because that's how you get the best sales.
0: Mm, mm. So you're saying you need more closet space? Is that what you're saying? No,
1: no, I got to, you know, I didn't convert a whole room into a closet oh. slash shoe room. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, okay. I'm not close and to the shoe just... game, though, but I got about 20 pairs. I'm coming up there. <laughs> <laughs> and then i just purged like so i've
1: been designing stuff where i told you oh four is when i started i've been designing stuff since then i actually just purged a bunch of stuff out of my closet like custom one-on-one stuff i've like i made a post on facebook like hey whoever wants anything hit me up pay ship and i'll send it to you and i just gave away a bunch of like one-on-one designs
0: i probably only wore like two three times wow hey That's a beautiful thing. Sometimes you got to give things away. So, you know, the podcast is called Conversation with a Cancer, and I'm the Cancer. And I always ask my guests at some point in my podcast, what is your experience with a cancer man or woman, child or baby, girl or
1: boy? Well, this is an excellent question because I, too, am a Cancer. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) The very last date, 22 July. Mm -hmm, Um. mm -hmm. I will say this. I want to put this out there for anybody listening. Right. Cancers always get the rap of being emotional and sensitive. Emotional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say that is true, but people always equate emotion to crying. Mm-hmm. That's where the falsehood comes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Emotional doesn't mean just cry, baby. Emotional means they'll turn up on your ass, too, and get mad. And like all the emotions. That's what emotional means. All of them. So don't don't just think, oh, they're a cancer. They gonna cry about it. Like, nah, they might fuck you
0: up about fact about it. <laughs> Big <laughs> it fact. <just> depends on <laughs> who you are dealing with at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, as I am uh on the journey of learning about cancer, that's one thing people always say. It's you must be emotional. Like, okay, so what? Everybody's emotional is how you control your emotions, right? But I, you, you ain't gonna never catch me crying. You know what I'm saying? So like, I not I cry. That I'm a
1: I'm a I'll be watching uh the Disney Pixar films. And you know they always killing somebody's mom. Like man, so <laughs> <laughs> Not killing somebody's mom. You know, you know them Disney films, somebody's parent is gonna die. And it's gonna be sad. <laughs>
0: What was that movie but that my, just came out? Uh soul when he had died, he was trying to get his soul back. Oh uh,
1: yeah. I'm hey, like, man. this is
0: terrible. Like bro, this. Is it almost kids? got me. It almost got me, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> But uh, I kind of danced around your question. You asked me about my experiences. I would tell you that um some of the closest, some of my closest friends, man, are cancers, and that's not I it's by accident, but I don't think it's by accident. Like I just I think every cancer that I'm that i've dealt with like on a like friendship level they're just really trustworthy loyal like they are gonna be there for you type people like male or female
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't think i've i don't think i've done with the cancer that has just been shiesty or shady i don't think i have
0: i, I don't think so either um because phil he's also cancer and i just i don't i don't think i know well, of course, I probably know a bad cancer. I probably just can't think about it. But I've never had a bad deal in, in my adult life with a cancer. I think, like, the cancers I've known have always been kind of sort of similar. So we got along. And, like, you can just tell mm-hmm. when they're in that space where, all right, let them do what they need to do. Let them breathe on their own. Like, let them have their space. So I can
1: honestly agree with you on that. That's a big and, you, and you brought up, You brought up Yakuza Phil. You know, that's my best friend. Like, right. Like, we still we still talk to this to this day not as much we've grown and living our own lives but he had came to here on his way back from florida we went out and partied like didn't miss the beat it's crazy when you got friends for so long and like you'll go months without talking to him then you see him and it's like nothing changed
0: like that shit crazy yeah i was just with um this past summer we was in columbus uh we went to the outdoor mall and had food and was just chilling he uh he I think he had told me about it later though. But I had just I remember him telling me about it. I just thought in my head, like I don't see y'all not being friends and like not being cool, not yeah. having a, a brotherhood at this point because you know, like you don't have a reason not to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, y'all fell off of some fell out over something petty, but you in one state, he's here, so like you know, that's what I yeah. Think. I felt kind of
1: bad. I felt kind of bad when I left for the army, man, because I feel like like me and Phil was close to where, like, you see him, they was like, "Where Gino? And then I left for the Army. It's like, he kind of out
0: there, low low now. Right. But that's life. Like you said, you had to do what you thought was best for you. You didn't want to be broke and in college and, and Phil did the broken yeah. college thing. So, you know, because our parents always told us whatever you want, you got to work. You know, they never told us about going into right. service or nothing like that. No, it was just work. You go to college, you know, so that's a, that's a big thing, but yeah, man. He told me he had brought you like a little care package or something down there. I think he said something like that. Like he brought you some buckeye stuff. Oh yeah, stuff.
1: he sent. Yeah, he sent me some brown stuff, some buckeye stuff, and I was so I was like a kid in the candy store because it's <laughs> it's easy to get buckeye stuff. So I've been I've lived in a lot of cities, right? Mm-hmm. Buckeyes are well traveled. You can get some buckeye gear just about anywhere. Browns, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> you got to know somebody to know somebody if you are anywhere outside. Of Ohio, Indiana, Michigan,
0: right? But you're right though. Like I was in, uh, cause I was in South Carolina once upon a time. But we were somewhere else. No, we were in South. We was in Hilton Head, and we was in a, an NFL team. It was an NFL team store around, and I remember I didn't see no Browns gear. And I'm like, this is an NFL store where the Browns get. I wasn't gonna buy any, but I'm like, I ain't seen none. So, <laughs> like, that was weird to me, but that's that stuff you're talking about. Like, if you go to New York, you ain't gonna get no no uh, stuff. You might, like, you might get some Buckeye stuff, but you ain't gonna get no Brown stuff. So, but maybe now because OBJ was on the team. So, him and Landry probably sell, and Chubb was pretty big, but you know, you know. And, so, and, and look. Nah, nah, we got to flip the script. What made you start this
1: podcast? Because you've been doing it for a minute now. So I, I never got this story. Have so, you told this story
0: on air before? I, ha- I have, but I'll tell it to you. So I at one point in time when I, because I used to be in therapy, well, let me not say not in therapy. I had a therapist. And mm-hmm. as I'm just discovering myself and figuring out why I have these thoughts that I have and the things that I want to do for myself. And I used to always talk about to him about a win, like, I don't have any wins like and he'd be like well, what's your definition of a win and i was playing to him like with this personal goal and it would make me feel some type of way so we started talking about my goals and whatnot and i had told him i had quit writing because i used to be a paid ghost writer like at like you didn't know my name was on the article but i wrote it and so i had quit and i was very angry about it because i felt like i was being underpaid and he was like well what else you want to do i was like well i want to start a youtube channel so i said do these videos i I stopped them last year, where I would tell stories, like because I think I'm a really great storyteller. And so, p- women you that I was that storyteller voice. Hey, I, I hope they want to pay me for it because you know I got that quiet storm for real. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was showing it to different women and stuff like that, and they were like, "You're such a cancer. You're really emotional." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, and that was my journey into learning that women saw me as a horoscope. Like when you become an adult, women see you for what they think you are, not who you really are. So so I'm like, all right, so women just kept describing me at cancer. Like it was like four different women in a row. And I'm not saying I was having sex with four different women. Don't be out here trying to put more bodies on my gun. What I'm saying is it was like four women in a row. So my best friend, she's a she's a woman, and I had asked her about it. She was like, Oh yeah, you're you're emotional and you're you know, you're dramatic. I'm like, well, damn. So my very first guest was one of my really close friends, Nicole. And that was my whole point, just to learn from women while it's being recorded. And then I started getting kind of confident about talking to people. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to mm. just make this an interview thing where I'm interviewing people because it was just solely just to talk to women about me being a cancer. And so that's how the podcast came about, me just having different conversation with women. And then I was like, well, maybe I need to record it so that's where i'm at
1: that's dope i like that that's
0: and then the
1: podcast itself is somewhat therapeutic because i'm in I'm, I, I see a therapist now too um i've been doing it for years i feel like it's great and i feel like Beautiful. black men need to talk about going to uh, therapy more because we in a different age where the, the stigmatism of you know especially black culture ain't nothing
0: wrong with you like stuff is wrong with me <laughs> yes, it is. See, and i'm pretty sure your your parents would probably be similar to mine's like sweep everything under the rug and pray about it. jesus to take care right. of it and that's just i don't want to say jesus don't take care of thing what i want to say is our parents needed therapy because they went through shit we don't have to go through we go through racism from afar they had to wake up and go outside to it you can't even come over here and eat you can't be in our school so i think they have racism i mean excuse me they have so many problems that they need so much therapy and then they had come home and their parents probably were angry all the time and not really in love but just staying together because that's the thing you do you didn't get divorced so they probably yeah not- the
1: rules were different
0: yeah the rules so- were
1: different back then uh, aside from therapy, I think one of the most therapeutic things that uh, I've done in my adulthood is talk to my mom about those times, about those, about growing up and like different things. And without going into a whole little mess about our personal discussions, she would just see things that I do with my kids, and she's like, "Man, I wish I knew to do that with you guys." Like, mm-hmm. well, you only know what you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you you know what you were taught from my grandparents. We just know a little differently now. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. And that's really what it is. I told my sister, like, how I felt as a... What we were taught when we were growing up in our mom's house. Suppose when I got out on my own. Not I don't have those same thoughts my mom had, but I still have those teachings. But what I want to do in my life and how I raise my children is my choice. And that's just from life experience. And I do find myself talking and doing treating my daughter in similar fashions, like, oh, man, that's what my mother would do. So one thing my mother always did for us, you know, she always took us on vacation. We went places. That's how I got slimed on Nickelodeon because my mother took me to Florida. Like, that was like every kid's dream. I didn't get to live that dream as a kid. You got
1: slimed.
0: Bruh, (laughs) I still email Nickelodeon to this day hoping that they find that video so I can cry and show the world like I I know the time period, but I don't know the exact year. It has to be between 94 and 96, Universal Studios. But I can't, nobody ever replies to me, but I'm gonna know somebody one day that's gonna give me a reply. <laughs> I'ma find that video and I'ma cry, I'm gonna be up here, boo hoo, an ugly cry, man. So like, but yeah, I definitely do think all black people need therapy. All parents that were born in the 40 50, 60s and raised us, they need therapy. And I think it's very important that you find something that is therapeutic. That's why I go to the gym six days a week. That's my therapy. My headphones on. I'm I'm doing something for my body and I'm not thinking about nothing else but this or my next song I'm going to listen to. So, like, that's my therapy. Like you said, you go hoop. I'm pretty sure your mind be free as a bird in there hooping. Yep. So I think it's very important that people find some type of therapy for themselves and stop being angry and not having anybody to talk to cuz you can you can find somebody to talk to.
1: And in my old age, you know, I would say maybe 10 years ago, my mind was really set on chasing money, right? Like mm-hmm. I got to get as much money as I can before you know I'm old like now I'm at a stage where I'm not I won't not rich by any means but I'm pretty comfortable. I can do anything I, I feel like doing for the most part. But my mind state now is chasing happiness. Mm. Like and when you change your mind state to chasing happiness like life feels a lot different and it's a lot happier for lack of a better word.
0: Right. I, t- I tell that to everybody, like, you either get paid a lot of money to do what you don't like or you do what you love. But most importantly, it's not sacrificing your happiness. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm a person where if I'm unhappy or I think I'm at my ceiling or somewhere, I'm looking to move. I'm looking to get out. I, because once I become unhappy, I can't, no one's going to feel good around me. I'll be closed off. I'll stop speaking. Like, I know me. I need to be happy all the time. My boss told me the other day, he said, you're really nice to people. And I know people love you. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm not nice to people. I'm just treating people how I want to be treated because that's my happiness. Right. Why would I be disrespectful to you for no reason? Why would I not, you know, do something that I don't want you to do to me? So, like, I'm always looking for a way to keep my happiness first. You know what I'm saying? Similar? might be a cancer trait right like, it is like i do exactly what i want every day i'm working the job i want to work i'm going to the gym i want to go to only thing i don't do is i'm not driving the car i want and i told myself this is the year i get it i'm gonna get me an affinity suv big boy other that's, than that that's a nice it's a nice, that's a nice hey, truck too that's a nice truck i don't know what sugar mama i need to find but she better hurry up because i need to give me one of them affinity joints because them joints is nice but i'm with you i i I found how to be happy on a daily basis and I don't lose it.
1: Yeah. And see, that's like, but once that, once I changed that state of mind, that really opened, it opened my eyes to the world world and uh, a lot of doors as far as what could be like you said, like you said, you wanted your infinity truck. I actually you know, I got a dream retirement car that I want to get, but, but I still changed the mindset from like when I was a young soldier, I ha- I had, a jaguar it got wrecked owned another jaguar i was real focused on looking like money Mm -hmm. and it's like why do i got this why am i spending this money on this depreciating asset when it's like i really like this car it just don't look like money like why don't i just be happy and get what i like like why am i trying to look like something for other people it doesn't make sense
0: That's, that's a real thing because especially in our community, we see a lot of music, a lot of entertainers, a lot of athletes that dress and look a certain way. And we think like, man, that's the goal. Like once we grow up and we get old enough, and we do, doing what we want in our life. That's the natural progression. Like that's where we got to go. And you don't, you could just be you successful don't. and happy and have what you want. Like it's plenty of people out here with millions of dollars in the bank, driving a minivan, driving a Prius. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I was watching *Debra Book*. Like the favorite
1: vehicle I own
0: is twenty years old. Like that's, I love that truck. I
1: will never get rid of it. Twenty years old.
0: Listen, like people love nineteen ninety four Range Rovers. Like get what you love and take care of it. Take care of it and it'll be there for you. So like for me, once I get this Affinity truck, that's gonna be my forever car. I'm gonna take care of that bitch. I'm gonna ride it to its three hundred thousand miles on that joint. And then drop a new engine in it. That's it. That's it, bro. Like that's that's the goal. Like I want to do that with my car I got now because I have an 8 Pontiac Tour and that's an SUV. And that boy rides smooth, but it's it's got 200 miles on it. And I just like man, no, nah, I'm just gonna put my focus on and get this affinity. I like it, but it's just old, it's, it's outdated. I can I, I can hear in your voice, that's not what you really want. No, nah, it's just it's put yourself outdated. in position to get yeah. what you
1: really want. Cause like my my, my diesel, my 3 my excursion is 20 years old. But my excursion got heated seats, like Ooh. it's got keyless entry, like Ooh. it was ahead of its time for that time mm-hmm. frame. I just mm-hmm. spent a lot of money making sure the engine was back right. Mm. But I love that car. Right? Like everybody, like why you don't just get something new? Because you know soldiers check. That's like how much money I make. That's public information. But, like we know you got it. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: but I love this
1: car. <laughs> <laughs> you <don't> understand? <laughs> I love this
0: car. I know what I can afford it's, a, it's public information it. like a recording artist contract huh
1: yeah that is public information how much money I make. <laughs> all you gotta do is know my rank and how long i've been in service and you can google it mm, mm,
0: mm, man so let me ask you another question about your brand so at some point people make the decision to be like you know what i need a storefront i'm ready for that is that something that you desire or are you cool with the online Um,
1: kind of both, like that's, it's kind of a weird space for me. It's something that, uh, I've talked about, um, I'm actually debating whether or not I want to say this to the world. So I, I got a friend that that was, I was in the army with and his thing is sneaker reseller. He's a sneaker reseller. and He basically just does face to face. He doesn't have a brick and mortar like store. We talked about putting a brick and mortar store together where the sneakers are there and the clothing is there. That's something that we've discussed. But honestly, I don't feel like my following is big enough to spend the money to do the brick and mortar store. It's like, do I take the risk, put a storefront out and hopefully that generates more following or do I wait till I got a bigger like social media presence and be like, okay, now we're going to a brick and mortar store. That's really like it's kind of uh like because I told you it's hard to develop a bigger following when everything you do is one of a kind. Nobody wants to tell their friend until they get what they want. Mm-hmm.
0: That that's interesting because I was getting ready to say like you will you wouldn't be able to make one of a kind. You would have to make multiple of the same pieces and then no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. wouldn't. I wouldn't go that
1: route because wouldn't. Nope. The staple the staple of epic is one of a kind that's why people that's why it sells out right see uh-huh. i'm about i'm giving too much game but, I, but i'm going to give it <laughs> so so as a small business company right no matter what you're selling you're offering 100 500 copies of whatever it is shirts beanies whatever as the consumer when do i have to buy that i can wait i can get that at my leisure there's a bunch of them when it's only one as a consumer, and you know it's only one. It's like I don't even know if I really want it, but I'm about to get it right now because it's not going to be there later.
0: Right. Because the the fear of losing out.
1: Right. It's it's almost like sneaker culture. New Jordans come out, people don't wait till next week when they come out because they, they know it's not going to be there. Right. <laughs> you got to get it that day. It's the same concept. Yeah.
0: There's a couple of sneakers I want to so, get. They about to come back out with, so I feel you on that.
1: Yeah, February, February is actually, a, a, I wasn't going to say a big month for me because the, the holiday season. But February, there's a couple of them. I'm checking the release dates.
0: Like, mm. I need those playoff 12s, those ones Jordans hit the shot in. Hey, I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. Never. My mom never <laughs> bought it. I, I always wore Nikes, though. So, for me, when I see people buying <laughs> Jordans, I just play like, cool for you. Like, I've never owned a pair, never had a pair, never had one on my foot. So... <laughs>
1: God. honestly it's really not that it's really not that special I just think the mystique of you know because when I was a kid there was some pairs that I had like I, I went through a couple we went through a couple cycles right like mom got downsized we didn't have a lot of money at one point but at one point we were good and I used to get shoes and at another point it was like damn these are the shoes I gotta get now mm. <laughs> so there was a lot so there was a lot of stuff from childhood I feel like like Man, I got to get those because I couldn't get those when I was a kid. And then I get them and it's like, I don't feel any kind of way, but I got them now.
0: <laughs> so I, that brings me to a question then. Is there a shoe that you didn't get or a shoe that hasn't been re-released that you want?
1: Um, I cleaned up this past holiday season, man. <laughs> like, the, like the Cool Gray 11s, like I vividly remember being a teenager and the Cool Gray 11s hitting And seeing everybody with them. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I wanted that shoe bad. And I ended up getting it this holiday season. It's cut a little differently. I don't really like the way they cut it when they re-released it. But I finally achieved that little mark. But you you know clothing and sneakers. That's kind of like a marriage. Like that stuff goes hand in hand. To be in tune with stuff that's fashionable. You got to be in tune with what people are wearing with it.
0: I agree with that. Like, I wouldn't like something if I didn't, when I was younger, I wouldn't like something if I didn't see somebody else wearing it first. You know, like, oh, that, that's that, interesting. Right. You know, because that, think think about it like this. When we were growing up and we first started listening to hip hop music and you started listening to Biggie, he was talking about Coogee. What the hell was Coogee to us? Like, you know what I'm saying? yeah. You know what I'm saying? When Iceberg first got big, or Platinum Fubu, LL was wearing Fubu, You like, wait a minute! I need me one of them jerseys with the big old five on it. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, we were very impressionable by who wore it. Nowadays, I can care less. I just like what I like. You know, so I would just buy what right. I like. But when I was younger, it was I was I was a big fan of Family Matters. So I mean, me, and my mom's at the store, and I saw a sweater. Me with, too. I saw a sweater with Steve Urkel on it. I'm like, oh shit! I need that. That's Steve Urkel. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right. but. Nowadays, I, I don't wear nothing with my favorite TV show or nothing on it because I can care less. But when you're younger and you see your favorite athlete wearing a hat to the backers, guess what you're going to do? I got out my hat to the Chris Cross is wearing their jeans backers. What was we doing like dumbasses? Wearing our jeans backers. Like, so we were doing that dumb shit. So, like, it's easy We were, we were, bro. We was doing that dumb shit. So, like, I still don't know why the hell person would wear their jeans backwards. Like, now that I think about it, like, you can't even put it on properly like that. But don't get me started. But that shit was dumb as hell. I was dumb as hell. So, one thing I like to ask on this podcast, like, everybody has goals, and so since you're thinking about a brick and mortar, and you said you got a car that you love, do you have some goals that you feel like you need to obtain this year to have a happier year because I, th- I think that's um, important
1: yeah i do so uh, i actually talked about this last at the end of last year with a few few of my friends so i make quarterly goals right because when you make a goal for the year when you make a goal for the year it doesn't resonate until october mm-hmm. november like mm-hmm. and you probably don't have time to accomplish that goal mm-hmm. so my goals for the first quarter right i told you the Army don't require me to run too many places anymore. I've been doing a lot of chilling during COVID. I'm trying to drop 20 pounds this first quarter of this year. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to drop 20 this first quarter this year. And my other goal was to move 200 pieces the first quarter of the year. 200 pieces of apparel this first quarter. Um, drop 20 pounds, move 200 pieces this first quarter. And then my other goal, uh, is, you know, I'm close to that retirement mark. As I told you, August, I can submit my retirement paperwork. work. Um, I need to start making appointments with, with my PCM, my provider, so I can get all my injuries and ailments documented, so my check looks right when I retire. Right. Those are my three goals for this first, first quarter. Nothing too crazy. I think it's very att- obtainable. Things that I can accomplish. And I haven't even thought about the next quarter yet. To be mm-hmm. honest, I, I'm still trying to. We still what this is almost midway through the first quarter of right. the year. Right. I probably start thinking about the next quarter at the beginning of March.
0: That's how right. I but think that's, that's it. it. So a, a couple of things, a couple of things. This is an ignorant question because I don't know. So like if you miss out on telling them all your injuries, you can't go back and document them and turn them in. Uh you can. You can. But um, the difference is
1: when I'm, uni- when I'm a uniformed service member, um, I'm still important because, yeah, I plan to retire, but they also need me to be as healthy as possible in case they want me to go somewhere and fight somebody's war. When you take the uniform off after you retire, you're not important. You're not that, that important no more. It's going to be harder to get them appointments, it's going to be harder to get seen. You might go live somewhere to where they want you to go to a specific hospital to be seen, and it's four hours away. You know what mm. I'm saying? So it's a so it's a lot easier to get all your documentation in line before you take the uniform off. But you can go back afterwards. I know people that go back. Shoot, I know, like I, my mom has a friend. My mom, mind you, it's like that means he' an old man. He's still <laughs> trying to right. get his stuff together. Wow, because he didn't he didn't have it all together.
0: Mm, that's crazy that's crazy so your your sons how do they feel about what you the, the clothes you make do they want to wear them or do they just like the other name brands do you try to keep them mindful do you show them the business I mean like how do your sons like it uh
1: they're kind of indifferent I would say it's weird because it's like I'm very in tune with like how I look and what I put on when I'm doing something my sons don't care as much mm. and I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force them to care right my my oldest my oldest son kale as long as it's clean he'll put it on he don't care if his the shirt's red the pants purple once she was blue like he <laughs> don't care about coordinating matching right. like I have to literally tell him like kale we going somewhere to look decent please look like somebody loves you <laughs> coordinate your clothes because we I can't show up decked out then you know what i'm saying and then my youngest son all he care about is video games like they're not very they're not that in tune they, they do have I, I have made stuff for them and they have it um one of ko's favorite shirts is a shirt that i made for him so i don't know if he just likes the shirt or likes the fact that i made it mm. but they're not as as in tune
0: it's, it's, it's probably something they really gravitate to when they see it on TV on somebody else. Like, wait a minute, that ain't that your stuff? Like, and that's when, you know, sometimes Maybe, it, it, possibly. Hits, it hits people like that to see someone else wearing it beyond the normal people they see wearing it. So right. I can only imagine about that. So so this, I'm going I'm to ask you one more question. I, I feel like at our older age, I'm going to be 38 this year. How old are you going to be this year? I'll be 37 this year. You'll be 37 this year. Looking back, is this what you thought your life was gonna be when you got to this point? Like, cause it's definitely not what I thought. I really I really envisioned a lot of other stuff that I didn't even work hard for. I just thought it would happen. Just <laughs> young, dumb, and full of full of uh ambition.
1: Yeah, all of that. Uh I don't, you know, I was not. I didn't have the foresight for like 20 years later. Like I had the foresight for like the next five years, the next five years. I was not 15, 18, 21. Like when I'm almost 40, this is where I'm going to be. Like Mm i I never had that. I never had that foresight. I will say in hindsight though, um, based upon like where I came from and my upbringing, the neighborhood I grew up in, the people around me, Um, especially according to people that I went to school with, because I wasn't a great student. I wasn't, I wasn't a great student because I wasn't intelligent. I just didn't like doing work. I didn't apply myself either. So, so based upon people that I grew up with and they see me now, they're like, I did not see you being here right now. (laughs) like you didn't have a whole career about to retire started a business like the 15 year old kid that I met that was skipping class and had to go to night school to graduate on time I did not see this for you and honestly I didn't see it for myself either at that age but I knew once I joined the service like after I was in the service two three years I knew whatever I knew I could do anything I want I did have that feeling Mm. like anything that's anything that I wanted to do after I was in the service about three, four years, I, I had the inspiration to go do it. Wow. That's why I told you I was ready to get out after it took me 12 years to figure out exactly where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I was ready to get out after 12 years. Mm-hmm. They was just like, mm, check these numbers out real quick. Cause I'm about to retire. And this is what it's going to look like. This is what my bank account going to look at look like when I wake up every morning. Like that's, pretty decent just for waking up
0: right right <laughs> hey that always can inspire you when you know what you're gonna have when you close your eyes and when you wake up
1: like and then you i'm 38 i can still go do something else yeah. and get that check on top of that
0: Bruh, sky's gonna be the limit for you when you retire because you can just focus all your energy into one thing being great at that and then move on to the next you know
1: but but did you see yourself here did, did you have the foresight at 20 Hell. years old to be like when i'm 40 this is where I'm going
0: to be. When I was 20, I had already had my first child. So I still didn't know how to see things in front of me. I didn't know how to plan. I didn't know how to do anything. What I, what I knew, this is going to sound really ignorant and really chauvinistic. What I knew at the age of 20 was how to seduce women, how to get things from women, how to talk to women, how to have sex with women, like how to hang out with my homies. Like, but I didn't have, it was... I tell people all the time, I didn't know till I got to 30 what type of life I wanted to try to make for myself. That's when I knew like maybe I should try this writing. Maybe I should get into this things. Like I everybody's
1: time- on their own timeline. Like people try to make a timeline for you where you got to be you're supposed to do this at this point and at this point you're supposed to go buy this. Like everybody got their own timeline.
0: Yeah, man. Oh. Cuz black black oh. people, you know, we have to be good. We have to be great. We can't be good. So for me, my parents always told me to work. So that's all I ever did was work, 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 work. In my 20s, I went through a lot of not knowing what I want and just trying to figure it out. And so once I was like, all right, I need to be happy and I need to do what I want, I started doing it. It took me a while, but 30 was my my light switch. That's when it turned on for me. Like, da dun, dun dun dun
1: I want to say about the same time as when I had switched, like, my mindset from I told you I was chasing checks like that's what I think about that same time I was like I need to be chasing happiness like whatever money come gonna come mm-hmm. but I need to I need to live my life happily
0: mm-hmm. yeah man listen I'm gonna tell you a real quick story so when my daughter was like two or three I had got this job working at a student loan place and I was still living with my mom cause I didn't have the foresight to live on my own yet but I was getting there and so I remember my first check was like like 1100 1200 i ain't never seen 1100 1200 like that like i'm "I'm gonna get this every two weeks and i just gotta buy my daughter some formulas some pampers and some clothes oh this is this is cake so my dumb ass bought like 250 pairs don't don't she should uh gabbana sunglasses i'm buying like 80 jeans man like i got on the shoes i want like i was doing good so i was at this job for like two or three years so like so at one point I had moved out, so I got my own apartment. I got the TV in there. You know, that's when you still had the fat back. I had one of them fat back joints. Like, I was like, man, this is what's up. Like, I'm just burning through it. And then it just all changed. Like, I didn't have a job no more. I had all this stuff that I bought. I'm like, man, I look like a dumbass. Like, I could have <laughs> really been saving my money. I could, But Black families in my family, I wasn't taught about, like, how to save the money, how to balance a checkbook. You know, things like that. So I struggled when I hit my first
1: not I wasn't told th- either.
0: I wasn't told either. But we all go through that young. Right. We, we that, yeah.
1: Buying all the latest and greatest. Like, I oh my God, this, this pair of jeans is $250. I got $262 in my account. Right. I'm going to go ahead and get them. I'm going to get them. I look good, though. Like,
0: what the hell am I doing some Dosha and cabana sunglasses? on? like, they all look stupid. I had nowhere to go. I just had them on. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go into church with my mother with some two hundred fifty dollars sunglasses on. What? Why make like, I look stupid? But that's what I thought I needed. Like I thought I was fly. Like, you know, and I wore them around my homies, and they didn't even notice. Like the people you think that's gonna be like, oh them fly like. They're like, oh nigga, we you supposed to be over here? We been supposed to go mess with some bitches. Like, oh you don't care about these sunglasses I got on. What about these eighty dollars jeans? So yeah, man, that was. Life was funny but to, like that. But to segue that, because those all those experiences is what helped develop
1: Epic. That's helped develop, like, I really want to bring dope shit to the same market, to the same regular consumer market.
0: Like,
1: Because mm. stuff ain't got to cost 200 $300 to look it, cool. It don't. Like, I, I, I look cool as a bitch. This is a $35 hoodie.
0: Hey, I like that hoodie. Thank I'm you. even going to cap.
1: And can't nobody else get one. So it's extra exclusive.
0: Mm. And, and that's when people try to raise the price because they be like, well, if it if it's 40, I pay 70 to make sure nobody get it. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm hey, I'm with you, man. You about to do beautiful things, man. I'm telling you. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate sitting down.
1: This is cool. I, I think I've done this is like my second podcast I've done. I like this. You real good at this. I like man, this I,
0: format. I appreciate it, man. Listen, I tried to get Phil to do one because he wants to do one. And I said, Man, I will help you do it. He just kept telling me, like, ah, I don't got time for him. Like, man, if you don't make time for it, you ain't gonna never have time for it. I kept telling you ain't him. You never that, gonna so have time. You never got time you make for time, it. You're gonna make time for the things you want to do. Facts. so i don't know maybe once he hear this or watching maybe he'll be like all right maybe it's time because i know he got yeah, plenty yeah. of stories to tell plenty of things he can hey, share hey shout out shout out to shout out to phil, phil man. man i've known
1: phil since i was like five years old dog like, uh, oh yeah.
0: man damn y'all known each other a long time
1: no we went to the same babysitter my dad coached our basketball teams when we was little like mm. i know phil forever mm. And it's funny because all three of us cancers It's funny, right? Because like I won't, I won't talk to Phil for months. The NBA finals come around. He'll send me a text message. All it say is, damn. And I know he was talking about a dunk Bron just did. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, ain't man. it crazy to just just know your homies like that? Like, all oh, it'd be like, damn, be like this nigga talking about the dunk, Yeah.
0: And it'd be like that because not only do I know you, but we're we're enjoying the same things. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's just a mutual thing, man. Like I can, I could go months without talking to him, and I send him a message, and we'll be just just talking, like it's nothing, like just having yeah. a conversation. But when you're an adult. Life happens, and you don't get to just talk bullshit and play video games every day. But well, now nah, I still do that. I, I get to play video games every day. That's why I love my job, man. Bro, I have no <laughs> desire to play video games no more. I don't know what happened in my life that I don't desire it. Look,
1: I, I was at one point where, like, I thought, like, did I grow up? Because I don't want to do this no more. It just wasn't no game that was out that I felt like playing at the time. That's mm-hmm. what had happened. Mm. I definitely don't desire to play the sports simulators like the Madden and the Two K. Like I won't I won't do nothing Really? Of that anymore. Like yeah, if I, I out of that. if
0: I play a game, it's either gonna be GTA wrestling or um two K. Those are the only three games I will play.
1: Nah, first person shooters. That's that's the go to. First person shooters or, or
0: RPG. That's yes, that's about all I'm I, tr- I tried to play your, your Halos and your Call of Duties. Those ain't for me. <laughs> I can kill too easy. My, my eight-year-old nephew was like, come play with me. And this nigga killed me like 30 times in 10 minutes. I'm like, man, I do play this dumbass game. He building shit and jumping off of it and hit me like, bah, 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 I'm like. Uncle Rob suck." Right, he was. So I'm like, man, put Mortal Kombat on. I was whooping his ass with Luke can't hitting him with that bicycle kick. But yeah, man, I can't play him no more, man. I can't just sit there. Hopefully one day it comes back because I miss it.
1: I miss it yeah that's yeah that's like uh I was I was there for about two three years and then I was doing a whole lot of things too which probably was part of it like I was coaching kids basketball trying to design clothes like I didn't really have time for it
0: Mm. look at us now man adults doing what we want in our life so man I just want to I just want to tell you man congratulations because you're getting ready to retire man I don't know if you thank you thank you sir I hope that whenever you do retire, you throw a big party so I can come down, man. Because I would love to come celebrate with you and your. So look, let's talk.
1: Let's talk about it, right? Like I'm trying okay. to lock it in by like March. That's probably one of my second quarter goals, right? Okay. Lock Lock in what I'm doing, but I'm going. I'm going on. I'm doing doing a reti- a destination vacation retirement party. Woo! I'm just trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to lock it in early enough to where people got like a full 12 months to pay for it and go. But it isn't it isn't going to be nothing like super like you have to be here at this time for dinner And, like everybody just come enjoy vacation. We probably have like one two days where we everybody that came come together will celebrate me retiring and then like just come enjoy your vacation though.
0: Yeah. Man, we need that. You need time away to get away from your everyday life or you'll go crazy so. Hey man, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm coming.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure cuz my cousin did a destination wedding and the people we went to jamaica but they Mm -hmm. said it was the biggest destination wedding they've ever seen we were like 57 deep they they said prior to her wedding the biggest one they seen was like 25 Mm. like and we were we were double that and i talked from talking to her about it she was like i think the biggest thing that made people come out more was the fact that i had the information out there for a full year so like it's not it doesn't got to be a major expense when you can pay on something all year long.
0: Yeah, yeah, me and my homies, we just like did that.
1: Mm. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's the plan. I'm going to try to lock it in because about around March, April next year, we're going to be somewhere. Either DR, we're going to be on somebody island.
0: Ooh, oh, bro, we go to the DR. I'm going to wild out. I know they ready to see me over there. I'm going to be over there cutting <laughs> up. Call me Americano, but yeah, man. Listen, I can't wait to one day I turn on the TV and see a one-on-one on somebody, man. Like that's how much I really like your clothes. Like when I first saw your website, it was on my IG, it was on my Twitter, it was in my group chats. Like, man, I told everybody it was in my family chat. I'm like, yo, yo, remember Gina? Like, so, like, I think you are on your way, and whatever you do, you're gonna Appreciate be, su- it. you're gonna be successful, man. Like, I see it for you, man. Like, I really believe it, and. uh I, I definitely need to cop some more stuff, man. So, we're going to have to talk about that. Look,
1: I'm a th- yeah, yeah. But when we hang up, we, I'll take care of you, brother. We're going to make sure,
0: sure you show For up sure. on, the, on the next podcast with on. Listen, bro, I need some stuff, too. Because, you know, my hoodie, I'm going to put it on tomorrow when I go to the gym. So, <laughs> I'm ready. So, yeah, man, look, I appreciate you coming on and taking your time out, man. And I hope everything goes well in your next six months, man. And you just wake up one day, and you just got the biggest smile on your face because you just wake up with no job in mind besides being a father. You know what I'm <laughs> saying, Jess? What y'all want for breakfast? Right. to school. Let me come home and do nothing for a day. So... look my kids big now they make me breakfast oh okay big time big time (laughs) getting you some honey nut Cheerios in bed I ain't mad at that (laughs) my six-year-old can't do that my oldest could, but my six-year-old I don't want her to make me nothing it'd be nasty but I'll pretend like I like it I even go cap she'll probably give me like some some marshmallow peeps and some green grapes like oh I can't have this together baby (laughs) <laughs> i can't have this together <laughs> but she would take care of me about one of two. so that's all that's all that matters but yeah man i appreciate it man um i will yeah, let you yeah, know man. when it's come out man i'm gonna try to get this out on friday stay on my deadline of, of noon on friday if not i got it next friday but hey man i appreciate you man i got but love for you and your family man stay healthy stay uh covid free man And i just can't wait to see what other big things you do for sure love
1: you brother be love good
0: too. all right